0: Computers, eh? (sighs) Yes. They're great when they work, and they're bloody useless when they don't.
1: No. Well, I had a problem with my computer, and um, you tried to fix it, which I was very grateful for, but apparently you bricked the computer.
0: (laughs) You've never heard that phrase before. No, I haven't. Which means, literally, you have turned the computer into something that is as useful as a brick.
1: Yes. Well, thank you very much for that, Jimmy.
0: <laughs> yeah. So but I went and helped you get new setup, and you uh, did. And almost you did. stuffed that up because I used the wrong dongle.
1: <gasps> oh God, it's I been a nightmare. Yeah. I
0: hate
1: um, computers.
0: I think they're great. Okay, today we're going to be talking about different attitudes to renters between New South Wales and Victoria. We're going to be talking about the brave but possibly foolish man who decided to take on building commissioner David Chandler. (laughs) And we're going to discuss whether it would be a good idea to have compulsory voting at AGMs in strata buildings. I'm Jimmy Thompson. I write the flat chat column for the Australian Financial Review.
1: And I'm Sue Williams and I write property for Domain.
0: And this is the flat chat. Chat rap so it was a very interesting coincidence in two political changes in Victoria and New South Wales the other week concerning rentals
1: mm-hmm.
0: In New South Wales, they announced that they're coming to the end of the period where you can't evict somebody for non-payment of rent, thanks to the COVID thing. But then they have this complicated moratorium that will last until September, where if you have reached an agreement to pay off the rent that you owe, you can't be evicted. And landlords have to undertake to make an agreement like that in good faith. There's lots of little complicated side issues, but basically, if you have reached an agreement with your landlord and you fulfill that agreement, and even if you only miss a week's rent uh, or a week's payment of paying off your rent, you can't be evicted. Uh, It gets difficult if you've two or three weeks overdue. So that seems kind of fair and reasonable, except In Victoria, they've come out with a law that or the law has just come into effect that tenants cannot have their leases ended without a valid reason.
1: And that valid reason would be something like the owner wants to move into the property or they want to renovate the property or something like that?
0: Yeah, but they've got to prove it. They can't just say, oh, we're going to move in and you have to go, all right, you know, we'll move out. And then the next thing you know, you see the property advertised for rent.
1: And for a high rent,
0: yeah. Hmm. So the reason that landlords would use the no, what they call the no fault or the no reason eviction, is because they're limited in how much they can raise rents hmm. when they're they've got a sitting tenant. You know, and it's like only once a year, and it's got to be a reasonable amount. Obviously, at the moment, that would be kind of irrelevant, wouldn't it?
1: Yes, because the Consumer Price Index has actually fallen. So really, it's quite hard to justify raising rents in any way.
0: And also, there's a lot of availability, isn't there?
1: Yep, that's right. There's lots of supply, so rents are falling, uh, particularly apartment rents.
0: Right, so now would be the perfect time to bring in the no-fault eviction when it's not going to actually affect Mm. landlords that much. That's very true, yeah. So, Julia Finn, who is the opposition spokesman in New South Wales on uh, strata and fair trading, which covers rent and and stuff like that, she came out with a proposal that uh, in September, uh, New South Wales should also get rid of the no-reason evictions.
1: Yep, that sounds like a really good idea. I mean, we have no for divorces, don't we?
0: Yeah, well, she was absolutely rubbished in parliament and in press releases by the fair trading minister or one of his spin doctors saying that this was a cheap political point that she was making and taking advantage of their generosity in this moratorium and all that but really you know it's pretty basic stuff
1: yeah it's kind of fair dealing i mean tenants create wealth for owners yeah and it's only right that owners treat them with respect
0: You know, we're moving into a very different world where a lot of people either can't afford to buy houses or they don't necessarily want to spend the first 20 years of their working lives
1: paying off a mortgage.
0: mortgage. And 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 people should have that choice, but they should also have a reasonable expectation that they're not going to be asked to move house every six months Mm. just so that a landlord can pump up the rent.
1: Yep, absolutely. And it seems a bit daft to suggest that it's only threatening landlords to say that you you can't evict people. It's a social justice issue, isn't it? Really? Yeah,
0: Julia Finns amendment, which was laughed out of Parliament pretty much. You know, it had a list of reasons where people could be asked to leave, and it included things like non-payment of rent or damage to property, or being antisocial with neighbours, and you know, all the kind of things. You go, yeah, that's that's reasonable, mm. but What it stopped was the landlord saying, it is easier for me to raise the rent by kicking you out and Mm. getting new people in than it would be for me to go through the process of just in a civilized way saying, hey, I need to put the rent up a bit. Are you okay with that? Mm. And there's another aspect to this. I was thinking about this the other day. I'm sure a lot of landlords and property owners listening to this will go, hang on, this is our property. We are paying through the nose for this. We paid the mortgage. We can do what we want. I think it's not just a moral social responsibility that comes into play here, although I think any decent person would have consideration for the fellow human beings, but that seems to be short supply. In some place. you're looking at me oddly.
1: No, no. no not right? No. Oh, so is this is no.
0: surprisingly... Uh, <laughs>
1: No, I'm agreeing with you, Jimmy. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> I was just thinking, I wonder if some of the problem is that the some of the liberal politicians who are talking about this have never actually rented in their lives or they mm. don't know people who have rented, or they have this very old fashioned idea that renters are kind of no hopers yeah. who should be buying property and should be saving their money and, and buying less mashed yeah. avocado on toast. Yeah. And they should be going into the property market. So the the only people left renting are the people who are just no hopers and so therefore they deserve to be treated badly.
0: Yeah, I think there's an element of that. But as I was gonna say, the the idea that property owners have no responsibility to to renters falls over when you think you're getting a massive tax break mm. on that property.
1: With negative that, gearing.
0: Yeah. So, the community has contributed to your wealth. The payback is that you treat members of the community decently and fairly.
1: Oh, that's an interesting way of looking at it. Well, you know,
0: I hadn't really thought about that before. But, you know, yeah, we've got this thing. I mean, they've just got done away with negative gearing in New Zealand. And they keep talking about doing it here. And it just makes so much sense, except that... Politicians are terrified they might lose votes. Mm. But if you're going to get people benefiting financially from negative gearing, there is a payback, which is that they behave reasonably with the people who are paying their mortgages for them, basically. Mm. Yep. So that's my that's my little sure. soapbox.
1: So we need the New South Wales government to to get their asses into gear.
0: On this, a, and so many other things,
1: yes, and but have a have a really close look at the Victorian legislation and start thinking, well, there's a lot of good points in that legislation, and we don't want to be left behind,
0: yeah, but the Victorian legislation, they would just make their hair curl, those that still have hair. you know one of the things is if you say "I'm renovating in that notice where you sent to your sent to your tenants, "I need you to vacate because I'm renovating, you have to have a copy of your plan of works. If you say you're selling, you've got to have a copy of the contract with a real estate agent to list Mm. the property.
1: And I think that's really fair enough. I mean, we both know people who have been renting for a long time and who have had to move kind of almost every year, really. They just set up a place. Yeah. They might have a pet as well. Yeah. And then suddenly they have to move for, for no good reason whatsoever. Yes. And uh, they have to find somewhere else. They have to find somewhere else that accepts pets. Yeah. Somewhere else in the same area or close to work or yep. within the same train line of work. And it can put an enormous amount of stress on people.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, we've just come out, there's been a report out this week about uh, victims of domestic violence being forced to stay where they are when right. they want to move, you know, because they can't find... Reasonable accommodation. So, you know, the whole private rental market needs another closer examination. People can't just say, you know, my home is my castle, I can do with it what I want. If people don't like it, they can go somewhere else. The reality is, right now, there are other places for people to go. But we know in this this economy, it's boom and bust. And it won't be long before people are scrabbling. To get rental accommodation,
1: and there was also that idea of having a, a blacklist of owners, yeah, um, of landlords. The yeah. same that there's a, an, a blacklist of tenants as well, and oh, it would be nice to see that get a bit of traction too, really.
0: Yeah, I was talking to uh, a Labour MP, a New South Wales Labour MP the other day, who shall remain nameless. It was quite funny because we sat and had a coffee for about an hour and he basically said, so what are the issues in Strata? And of course, half of the people in Strata are tenants. And so that came up. But, But at the end of the hour, he was just sitting there with his eyes like saucers, like going, what? did I even think I was doing when I got into this, because this is <laughs> just such a big, messy, complicated business. Mm-hmm. And that, that would it would help greatly if somebody came along and just simplified things mm. and got us out of fair trading. You know, yeah. the, the day after the uh, fair trading minister is accusing Julia Finn of, of scoring cheap political points, he's down at the Easter show saying, I have given my personal tick of approval to the show bags. Yeah. That's how important we are. So we're on the same level as (laughs) showbags. After this, we're going to talk about the brave, possibly foolish man who decided to take on David Chandler, the building commissioner. And boy, did he come off worse. Okay, Sue. who is this brave but foolish man?
1: Yeah, he's the director of um, a building of a development company called and E Developments, and they've done lots and lots of um, developments, mostly around the inner west of Sydney. Yeah, and uh, he's received the ire of um, Building Commissioner David Chandler, who's issued a stop work um, notice on one of his buildings, on one yeah. of his developments, and because he said it's not up to standard. And the director of this building, co- the development company, has said in return, oh. No building companies are up to standard. Right. He's never been on a building site which has been operated to um, Australian standards before. And so he's basically saying other developments are shit, so it doesn't matter that my one is really either.
0: Well, I think given the amount of times this guy's been breached for various building faults, um, I'm not surprised that he hasn't been on a building site that didn't have... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Substandard work going on because most of them sounds like they were his.
1: Yes, that's right. And I mean, there were there were lots. He's you know been picked on many times. He had a building on Liverpool Road at Enfield where the front wall just fell down in a pile of bricks onto oh onto the street. And he's he's had so many so much criticism really for his his standards, but he's always kind of defended himself and said in in the past in court cases that he's been the victim of a conspiracy <laughs> and uh, it's other people, it's never him mm. and he's doing his best and, uh, you know...
0: Well, he may well be. He may well, well be doing his best. Enough, it's just it? not good enough, no.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he's been fined many times and um, been issued with lots of orders to remove infill from the site and... Right. and uh ...restorate to previous le- levels. Or, or restore, and, even. Yes, I, thank you for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yep Well, actually he's been in a lot of trouble And he's hitting out at David Chandler And saying, look, this is not fair um, Nobody else is doing a good job And therefore he shouldn't pick on me When David wow. Chandler's hit back and said that No, this development company isn't doing such a great job And uh, he should get his acting to gear.
0: Well, this is, this is exactly what David Chandler said he was going to do A year ago when I spoke to him He said he was going to identify He already had identified companies building companies and developers and builders who were doing shoddy work mm-hmm. and he was going he was sending out a warning i'm on your case if you are doing shoddy work i i'm going to shut you down now this guy He's not saying, hey, my work is perfectly good and and the standards are too tightly enforced. (laughs) He's saying, no, it's shoddy, but everybody's shoddy.
1: Yes, that's right.
0: (laughs) It just reminds me of a story when I worked on the Glasgow Herald and there was a guy up in one of the islands who was done for drink driving. And uh, his this is a true story. His friend was called in as a character witness. And they said, you know, what kind of character is he? He said, he's a, he's a really good bloke. And by the way, he's driven the car and he's been much more drunk than he was <laughs> the night he got stopped by the police.
1: Mm.
0: And uh, the sheriff, as what they call the judge in Scotland, um, didn't take kindly hey. to that. <laughs>
1: No. I mean, it's hard when people just try and blame everybody else but don't actually look at their own... Yeah. Um, in But
0: it's also good... Domain. I mean, this this guy is, is doing, David Chandler, a great favour by highlighting the fact that he isn't just issuing empty threats. Mm. He's looking at building projects and going, this is substandard. People, you know, are going to be expected to pay good money for this and I'm not going to let it... I'm stopping mm. it now... Because, I can't remember what the exact figures are, but it's something like, if you correct faults in a building while it's being built, it's one-eighth of the cost of doing it afterwards. afterwards. Mm. So he's actually doing them a favour... In a way he just um, This gentleman just doesn't yeah. seem to be able to appreciate that
1: But you can guarantee one thing That mm-hmm. this guy is never going to do another development now Without it being inspected by David Chandler
0: he will be, <laughs> He'll be all over it It said in this story in the Daily Telegraph last week That he'd been a director of seven other companies mm. that were Building companies that had been breached for defects So this is this is exactly the kind of person that David Chandler was brought in to uh, hunt down and, uh, if need be, put out of business.
1: Yep, if he doesn't kind of come up to to scratch. Yep, Yep, I quite agree.
0: Yep. All right. After this, we're going to talk about something that rears its head every so often in Stratoland, and that is compulsory voting at AGMs. That's after this. Okay, Sue, so you got compulsory voting for the federal election. You got compulsory voting for state election. You got compulsory voting at local council elections. Why not strata AGMs?
1: No, I think we have too many levels of government in Australia as it is. And I think it just it's just too much to even consider compulsory voting in strata elections. I think The role of a strata committee is to really make sure the community is really engaged and interested in what they're in what you're doing right and if people aren't voting or aren't turning up at agms i think it's a reflection on you um that you're failing to get your community caring about its building
0: well yeah
1: so you you know it's it's interesting I think there's a real balance sometimes you have an AGM which is packed full of of owners because they're all alarmed or angry at a certain um, one issue yeah, yeah that's right and sometimes you have nobody there because nobody cares anymore or they they might not feel that they're you know being taken much notice of or you know lots of different reasons but then I think there is a balance the healthiest buildings might have half the residents in the building coming along to the AGM. Mm. Because they care about the building, they're interested. There's lots of issues being discussed and they feel they're being listened to. And so I think that's the ideal mark
0: that you everybody see, wants to be. I think now that they've done away with the the blind proxies, you know, the everybody just giving their proxy to the chairperson or the secretary or mm. the strata manager, um, there's a limit on how many proxies any one person can hold that does bring the onus back on the owners to be involved. And sometimes people just not having to be involved means that people just only look at are the levies going up. Mm. If the levies are staying roughly the same, that's all they care about. If they had to vote, then it would increase the chances of people going to the meeting. There's also quite clearly, and I've seen it firsthand, where the meeting itself can be such an unpleasant experience uh, because of personal vendettas being played out, you know, usually between somebody on the committee and and one of the owners. And it gets really nasty and people just don't want that in their lives, you know, Mm. they just they go along, if they go along, they think and they go through that, they go, that's it, I'm not Mm. taking part anymore. Mm. Um so you're right it's up to the owners' corporation it's up sorry well the the strata committee to make people want to be involved mm. but that is such a rarity it's certainly certainly not more than half of the buildings um around where people feel this is a great community, I want to be part of it much more likely are people who are just going to say, I can't be bothered. As long as my levies aren't going up, I don't care. And okay, there's all these other issues. They don't affect me directly. So, you know, why would I waste my time? You can't force them to go to the meeting, but you can force them to to vote. I also think that owners' corporations should have to canvass all the ideas before the meeting, mm. I think there's something that should go out and say, we want to do this, we want to do that, or we don't want to do this. And here are the reasons why. So they can at least people can decide and yeah. vote, you know, yeah. e- electronically, whatever. Um,
1: knowing something about the issues,
0: knowing something about the issues, yeah. rather than just going, oh, what does the secretary want? Or what does the, the strata manager want? Or what does the strata manager not want? Mm. And vote accordingly.
1: Yeah, I think really there should be kind of carrots in place to lure people into into meetings rather than sticks.
0: Carrots aren't going to do it. <laughs> Chocolate might.
1: <laughs> well, that's a that's a nice idea. But um, if you've got a really lively strata committee, which is always coming up with good ideas to improve buildings, yeah. maybe improve the communications or um, <clears throat> start herb gardens or start a, a wine appreciation society or a mm. book club or mm. kind of like a really interesting and vigorous strata committee with lots of ideas rather than people just being on it maybe f- because they've got nothing better to do really. You want people there who want to improve the community.
0: Yeah, but we know the reason people go on committees. Some people want to go on the committee to push their own agendas. Some people want to go on a committee... Because they want to stop other people from pushing their agendas or at the very least protect their own interests. Some people go on the committee because they don't have, you know, they might be retired and they've got nothing better to do with their time than be on a committee. And they feel that sort of compensates for... For not having a job anymore and not having that social life anymore that comes with having a job. And, you know, and some of these people are great because they contribute their skills and energy to the building. That's fine. That's fine. But there are very, very few people who go on committees on the basis of, you know what, I just want to give something to the community. That's their only agenda.
1: And that's a real shame. And that kind of atmosphere should be engendered by the strata committee they should be working to make sure that they get great people on and they could say to them look you only have to be on for a year and then we'll let you go but we we'll, <laughs> you just come and contribute for we'll a year. release
0: your cat right. from captivity <laughs>
1: <laughs> well unfortunately you see so many buildings where people have been on committees for years and years and years and nothing ever changes. They Mm. they don't have any new ideas. They don't want to see anything change.
0: Well, that's it. I mean, a lot of them are on the committee to make sure nothing changes.
1: Mm. But it's up to them to make sure that you have committees with a huge range of experience. I remember in in one of our buildings when we started up, we had something like four hairdressers on the (sighs) start committee (laughs) because that was the nature of the demographic of the building. But you kind of always want to have you know somebody who's got some engineering yeah. um interests you want somebody who's into finance you want somebody who's creative you want and you want people really determined to make the building a bit better but you know I mean, we've had some weird things over the years you know maybe there was somebody who wanted to turn the gym into a uh, steam room which was right. kind of a bit bizarre but at least they were kind of thinking about these things and and people were respectful and discussed things and then either decided yes or no and we didn't end up... We Yeah, I mean, in. that
0: that's a, the function of democracy is that the mm. crazy ideas get...
1: Yeah, get airtime.
0: But you do get a lot of people who just don't want anything to change, especially if it's going to cost them money. And because more than 50% of the apartments in New South Wales, probably in Australia, are owned by investors... There are people who never set foot in the building from the day that they buy it or even before then. They've got no idea if the building's deteriorating or not. If the committee is tightly held by a small number of people who are controlling the message, then they don't know what's happening to the building Mm. until suddenly they're finding it's harder to rent, and harder to sell because the building just looks crap because it's mm. been allowed to be run down. Yeah, I don't know if forcing people to vote is the way to get round that, but you know, getting people to turn up occasionally and have a look at their investment might be a step forward. Mm, certainly. All right. Thank you very much, Sue, for again for your contribution.
1: Great, Jimmy. Nice to be here.
0: And we can get back to our Easter eggs now. And uh, <laughs> thank you all for listening. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Flat Chat Rap podcast. You'll find links to the stories and other references on our website, flat-chat.com.au. And if you haven't already done so, you can subscribe to this podcast completely free on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or your favorite podcatcher. Just search for Flat Chat Rap with a W, click on subscribe, and you'll get this podcast every week without even trying. Thanks again.